Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, it's Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton. Episode 4 of Andor is out, and the dominance continues. Another killer episode. What a show. Like, I'm just so thrilled about this. Like, I mean, Star Wars, you're going to like some stuff more than others. We've got to be an adult about that, right? Um, but when it's when it's winning, I'm going to celebrate. So, um, yeah, we are going to get into that big time. Um, is there any news? Like, there's one thing that I haven't really talked about yet, uh, and that is um, nothing official got announced, but apparently the... Um, so, Rogue Squadron, which was originally set to be released in 2023, I believe, that's apparently been taken off Lucasfilm's release schedule. Um, there were, you know, stories flying around at some point about um, creative differences between Patty Jenkins and uh, Lucasfilm or whoever. Um, and then I think that there was an official announcement where they're like, we're, we're, we're going to delay it a little bit uh, due to scheduling conflicts. Obviously, um, that might have been a bit of a cover story um, because it looks like that has probably like disappeared, which is pretty unfortunate in most ways, potentially fortunate in another way. Uh, unfortunate because I loved that concept. Um I, um, as I've said before, there's this kick-ass YouTube video where um, someone edited all the X-Wing footage together to the tune of Danger Zone from Top Gun. And um, the moment I saw that, I just thought, man, someone should make a movie out of this. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I always like the uh, the um, the concept, really. Uh, it's unfortunate if that's disappeared now. And, uh, I mean, she made Monster, kill a movie. She made the first Wonder Woman, kill a movie. She did make Wonder Woman 84, which um, was not well liked. And, uh, oh, yeah, it was not great. Um, there were things in it that I really dug. Um, and, uh, I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. That's a character I've loved since before I can remember. And I've, I've always loved her in that role. Um, but as with uh, a lot of things, you're only as good as your last movie idea, whatever, depending on what you're doing. Um, and the fact that that was really... That didn't work, you know, of course makes people maybe doubt a little bit, you know, can she really put the ball in the in the in the goal, put the ball between the goalposts? Um I mean I think she could have done it. Uh she was obviously really passionate about it and her hi history with her dad being um I think a test pilot or a fighter pilot. And her kind of connection to the that kind of stuff uh, really felt, it made it feel like she was really the perfect person for it. Um, yeah. So, it, and again, there's like a positive and a less positive way to look at that. On the one hand, you, you man, you got to go like, what the hell is going on? Like, I mean. Obviously, this is this is this is filmmaking, like projects rise and fall. Most of the time, we don't hear about it because nobody cares about like most movies that get made, <laughs> right? Um, so I know this happens, but to look at the the just that this run of troubled productions, it's pretty mental. Um, and this is like another one on the pile. Like, um, 
It's pretty nuts. Um, so, yeah, in some ways you got to go like, what is going on over there? <sighs> but if you want to take a positive look at things, you are hoping that they're looking at this in terms of, no, nah, we're not, we're not going to go for it unless it really feels like it's going to kick ass, you know. And um, also, it could mean that they're t extending their kind of, you know, like Bob Iger at one point said, we're going to, we, I, I realize now that we, uh, we rushed things a bit with the first five films and that we need to take a step back. Um, maybe they're extending that a little bit, that step back. And maybe trying to figure out how are we going to do, do you know, the, the next kind of phase of uh, Star Wars films in the best way possible. Um, so, yeah, I would like to think that they're taking a moment to really think hard and plan and uh, work it out. So, yeah, fingers crossed that all that works out. Sad that it seems to be uh, gone but um, still staying, still stay, still staying optimistic. All right, um, man, I I really would like them to release the Andor soundtracks already. <laughs> I've been listening. I've been watching um, Succession. Great show. Thanks to Steel Steel Saunders for constantly talking about it. That made me check it out. And he's right. It's a cracker. Um, it's Nicholas Bretel who did the soundtrack for that, and of course he's doing the soundtrack for Andor. Um, there's only, it's only the um, the opening themes for the first three episodes that are that are up so far on stream on Spotify and whatever. Um, hungry to have the rest on there so we can list, all listen to it. It's not there, so today I was listening to the the Succession soundtrack instead. It was great. All right, let's get into it. Episode four of Andor. Oh, hard to know where to start. Well, let's start with um, this sequence. I'm, I'm going to turn the TV on um, so I can kind of like have a look at it while we're while we're talking. But um, that opening sequence of uh, Cassian and Luthen on Luthen's ship, um, loved it. That. Um, the interior of the ship just looks killer. Like, I mean, to me, that the way the way that looks and the way it's shot and everything, um, it really feels cinematic. Uh, like, it just looks so good. The conversation—I uh, think that they're walking a line here, but I think they've got it just right where Andor Cassian himself is um, a troubled guy. He's not a hero yet. But he's still likable enough. You know what I mean? Um, he's still looking out for himself mostly. Um, but... Uh, I think he's still like uh, someone you can relate to and, and invest in. So um, that's cool. And you see him, you know, Luthen's trying to convince him to sign up with the rebellion, basically. Um, Cassian's not in a big hurry to do that. So uh, it becomes a thing where, you know, Luthen is going to pay him for that. Um, there's all sorts of crazy stuff being dropped in this conversation. Uh, Cassian mentions that. He fought on Mimban, which is where we see Han. That's how he meets uh, Beckett and Val and uh, Rio and stuff. That's mental. And I love that oh, it's just this great moment where Cassian says, oh, I fought for two years on Mimban. And then Luthan pipes up like, you were actually only like fighting for six months. We know like you were there and you were a cook. Like it's um, so cool to have like that, that Luthan's showing like, I'm not just some guy. Like, I know what I'm talking about. I know who you are. I've done my homework. Love that. And then just the idea that, like, um, 
Cassian was there on Mimban when Han was is is really cool. And he has this thing where he's, he says, like, you know, by the time we were there and fighting, we realized we were we were fighting ourselves. I wonder, like, to me, I think that I think what he's saying there is that it kind of dawned on them that they were an, an invading army and that they were shooting at people who had come f- from very similar backgrounds to themselves, who, you know, people who had suffered uh, under, you know, oppression and tyranny, that, you know, themselves. So um, that was great. Um, this pendant with that kyber crystal that... Um, that uh Luthan gives Cassian that was pretty interesting um but I just that whole sequence was awesome and um like then Luthan going out and talking to Vel and having to talk her into accepting um Cassian as you know an an important part of uh, this this operation super cool even just the, like the hyperspace stuff out the window just looks great. I love the talking ship. David W. Collins, take a bow. That's great. Um, yeah, that's all fantastic. Um, the ISB, the Imperial uh, Security Bureau, fantastic. And again, just like. I feel like this kind of stuff in the hands of a lesser director and writer would just be dull as, you'd just be dull as shit, you know. And it, but it's, it just crackles off the screen. It's got so much attitude to it, so much character being expressed. And like, I mean, you've got I, I don't know who this, what this guy's name is. Um, the guy kind of in charge of um, this uh, this division of the ISB. Um. Yeah, uh, fantastic. My brother picked it. He uh, he was like, "It's the Maester from uh, Game of Thrones," and I was like, eh, "Yes, right. Of course, that is true." Um, but it's so cool to see. Um, that's it, Major Partagaz or something. I think his name is. It's so cool to hear all this kind of um. Um. What would you call it? Like bureaucratic stuff getting discussed. But um, yeah, this this major is so harsh. And the other agents around, they're so like... The casting agent, again, I got to say, whoever did the casting for the show, like 10 out of 10, these, these uh, ISB agents have faces that just jump out of the screen at you. They're so um, ah, perfect as Imperial ISB agents. I love it. Um, yeah. And again, I mean, that office, what a piece of design. It's incredible. And, you know, I talked about it uh, on another show. Like, the volume's a great piece of work, uh, piece of equipment. Thank God it's there. I'm sure productions are going to be using it for, for years to come. But this, um, I mean, this looks like a, a full-blown 3D set that they're all sitting in. And it just, everything feels solid and awesome. I love it. Yeah, so um, the ISB stuff, this stuff where she's um, trying to, um, like, she wants in on this uh, whatever's going on on Phoenix. And, um, yeah, this guy whose jurisdiction is Phoenix is not too pumped about it. It's cool with this thing of, um, uh, yeah, where they're like, they actually go to, what's it called? Morvala or whatever, but the, you know, the, uh, the corporate center, and they say to the these the corporate police, um, yeah, congratulations, your screw up is, is big enough that uh, we're disbanding the corporate police. This is now we are uh, this whole 
area is now going to be directly under imperial imperial oversight and control. It's great just to see how uh, the empire is, you know, kind of stretching its tendrils out uh, to cover more and more space. It's fantastic. Um, the leader of this um, band of uh, this small rebel cell, Vel, she's awesome. Killer performer again. She's got the poncho, then gets uh, handed over to Cassian. I'm a poncho wearer myself. Love a poncho. Great to see Star Wars just keeping up with the ponchos. Love that. Um, and I mean, what's this place called? Aldani. The landscapes. Oh, dude. Like, just wow. I mean, I think. Um, I remember when, like, the prequels were the only new Star Wars we had, and something I didn't love about them was that um, so many of the lo- like the the environments were um, so obviously CG environments um, with not really any sense of real world kind of groundedness to them. Um, I mean, obviously. It's it's cool to see a place like Felucia where you're just like, well, yeah, that ain't on Earth. <laughs> but it was just too much to where it just felt like a cartoon kind of. Um, but they also faced faced the the struggle of like, all right, you look at the original trilogy. You've got Tatooine, you got the desert. Okay, Empire Strikes Back, Hoth, got a bunch of snow. Great. Okay, Return of the Jedi, got the forest on Endor. What's after that? Um, hard, hard maybe to find locations that seem a bit otherworldly, but um, that are extreme enough to feel otherworldly. I mean, we see, we saw like what the reaction was to that um, Boba Fett episode of uh, Mandalorian season two, where it was very obviously like in California. Um, people noticed and didn't love it, and I didn't love it. But these are apparently this is in the Scottish high. This is this is shot in the Scottish Highlands. It's just like oh, like pouring just honey into my eyeballs. Just ah, I love it. Yeah, just the the um, the sense of space and like tangibleness in this show, so so good. Um, I love that that sequence where um, they hear the TIE fighters coming and they have to ro- duck behind a rock and the TIE fighters just go like whipping past them. Just again, like there's a hardness to this show. Like it just doesn't stuff around. It's so good. Um, okay. This bit was incredible. Luthen... Uh, on his ship, approaching Coruscant. I mean, great shots of, you know, the ship's approach. Beautiful. Again, 100% like cinema quality for me. Fantastic. And he has a secret compartment, not for weapons, no bombs or whatever, but it's his disguise um, where he transforms himself from this uh, rebel agent of what of whatever kind he is to Luthan Rail antique dealer, art dealer. And it's um, an amazing little moment. Um, you see him putting on the wig, putting putting on the putting the rings on his fingers, putting the clothes on practicing the smile that he's going to have to use once he uh, again once he's back on Coruscant the, just the the meat and the potatoes of of the show are so strong but all those just those the extra ingredients the spi- the extra spices and stuff 
on top of all that, are, it's just delicious to use a steel a steel Saunders uh, phrase. Um, yeah, we get a bit more history about uh, Aldani and how the Empire basically forced, you know, tens of thousands of people to uh, move from their native lands and squish them all into one area. Um, this is really good. I think y you can never show too much of why the Empire is... Are the villains? Why they're the bad guys? It's um, it's always good to reinforce that, I think, and um, I hope that what it, I would love to see in this show that it reinforces how dangerous they are. Like I'm a bit tired of this, like this, like ongoing, you know, gag about oh, stormtroopers can't hit anything. Like, I kind of want to see the Empire be dangerous and ruthless. Yeah. Um, okay. That. Uh, yep. We get to... Um, they, they arrive uh, where that their camp is. This little rebel cell that are, that are putting together this heist. And again, the, the actors are great. The characters are great. They look great. They can all... They're all great performers. Fantastic. I really like this young guy um, who... Uh, I think he was in a show called like The End of the Fucking World or something on Netflix, which I watched a couple of... Two, three episodes of. It was good. I uh, should get back to it. Um, he's great. Um... Yeah, they feel very... These characters feel very lived in, very real. Fantastic. I know a few people reacted a bit to seeing what is basically a very... Um, <laughs> it's very obviously like an AK-47 type machine gun rather than, you know... I, I know Star Wars has used real-world blasters. Um in the past, but that's such a recognizable gun that people were a bit like, uh, come on. But I got to say, I mean, we saw it in the, in the pre, in the trailers. So I kind of like, I'm fine with it now. And now in, in, when I see it in the context of this, I don't mind it, man. I don't mind it. All right. Now we get again, a killer sequence where, um, Cyril Khan makes his way back to his mum's house. Ah, oh, now uh, I'm a, I, this is on Coruscant, and you get this fantastic, like no dialogue, just this fantastic sequence of him getting off the freighter, walking very dejectedly through these very this kind of cold, brutalist architecture. A suitcase in each hand. Uh, you see him get, get on an elevator and you see it, it goes down into, I don't think, not the lower levels of Coruscant, but you see that he's, he's not from the, the upper levels, that's for sure. Um, and you see him go home to his mum. She opens the door and slaps him. I guess that uh, him leaving to go... Um, join the corporate police force or whatever was uh, not something she approved of. So she slaps him and then immediately grabs him and hugs him and, and starts crying. And it's a beautiful moment. I thought his mum was amazing. There's a hilarious moment where a neighbour stops <laughs> to kind of sticky beak at whatever's going on. She's like, what are you looking at? Fantastic. I think Cyril Khan is going to really evolve into something special. It's interesting to me. Like, I saw people just being like, this guy, I hate this guy. No one's allowed to like this guy. He's the worst. But I always, to me, he was just like a kind of a, a bit of a lost puppy uh, who thought he was doing the right thing and was very painfully uh, realizing that he was, uh, you know, 
in over his head. But it's it's going to be very interesting to see how he gets reinvolved with the story now that he's uh, lost his position. But yeah, loved that. We got this great sequence of Mon Mothma uh, visiting Luthen Rail's art gallery shop. Again, the design is fantastic. That wrote that uh, kind of uh, revolving door is even is good. Mon Mothma's outfit is just a 10 out of 10. Love it. There's this great, just the artifice that they're, they're both putting on. They can't even trust this driver that she's been assigned. She talks about uh, how she she feels like she's being constantly watched, and that people just in you know in um, even at the bank, people are it's new people all the time. So she feels like they must be you know people there to watch what's going on. That she can't trust anyone, and. Um, they're talking about. She says that she's that someone she wants to bring in, and Luthen is um, not so into that idea. Should we assume that that's um, Saw Guerrera? Um, Luthen doesn't want any more people brought in. He wants to focus on bringing in the money, which is what that heist is for. Um, and she's obviously been a source of um, money for the rebellion so far. But she says it's getting harder and harder. But this whole section was cool. There's um, Easter eggs. Like, uh, okay, if you care, you care. I care, I guess. But it's just like so It's so secondary to how good the whole rest of the show is. His assistant is awesome. Clea, I think, is her name. But yeah, great exchange uh, between Luthen and Mon Mothma. I mean, how awesome is it? That um, she, you know, she went from being cast as Mon Mothma in episode three, all her scenes get cut, which must have been pretty, you know, frustrating for her. They bring her back for Rogue One, she nails it, and now she's like a main character in this fantastic TV show. Um, yeah, then we get back to uh, the camp with the Rebel Cell. Um, a um, an imperial offer, uh, officer turns up, who is a a guy who's obviously working for the, um, like he's turned against the empire, I guess, but he's staying in position. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, fantastic sequence where Mon Mothma arrives home and uh, has not realized that her husband is putting on a a dinner for one of the local governors or something. She's not pumped about it. He's, I mean, this... He's invited people that actively dislike her and actively try to dismantle anything she tries to put together. And she men- mentions Sly Moore from episode three is one of the guests that's coming. She is obviously a very, someone very close to Palpatine. Ah, Fantastic. Her husband seems like a total dickhead, which is a big surprise. I really thought my assumption going in was that um, it was going to be like, you know, Mon Mothma was having to play the good senator, but, you know, she was really working with the um, growing rebel alliance behind the scenes and that her husband would be in on that with her and that... um, uh, maybe he would get killed along the way or something. But he is he seems absolutely oblivious to that side of her life and, in fact, seems very um, happy to be playing politics in the uh, on the Imperial Center, Coruscant. And he's not very um, thoughtful or uh, kind to her in this scene. So this will be very interesting to see. All right, uh, yeah, the the episode basically finishes off with them going through the the plan. Um, we get a bit more with uh, the ISB the major or whatever talking to De- Dedra. Um, yeah, 
I love this little um, iPad thing. It's not an iPad, info thing. Again, like just the, the build of it, the graphics of it looks look really cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic episode. Unfortunately, you know, that it's going to be an episode a week from now on, of course. Um, uh, so we were not going to get the, um, that, the whole arc chunk that we got last week with three episodes in a row. Um, so it's, oh, it's going to be hard to wait between, uh, episodes, but, uh, this was a really killer setup for this, uh, next arc. Um, I forget the name of the director of, of this one. So it was... Toby Haynes, I think, for the first three. Um, the director of this set of episodes is Susanna, someone, I think. I mean, it was... Um, the handover was seamless. Like, the first three episodes kicked ass. This episode kicked ass. Um, it's just crazy to me that, like, once these 12 episodes are out, and that's just season one, we've got a season two coming at some point as well. It's crazy to me to think that if let like there's 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 no sign that it's not going to keep kicking ass, right? All four of these first episodes have been A1 excellent. Um altogether that first 12 episodes will come to around 8 hours per t- perhaps. It's like four Star Wars movies. Like high quality, totally like, like this is of the quality that I'm just like embracing it, holding it to my chest and being like, I love you, Star Wars. Oh, you so Did you know that? It's sorry to be embarrassing, but it's just, yeah, so good. Um, so it just is crazy that we're gonna get, um, what <laughs> equates to, you know, three or four full-length kick-ass Star Wars movies in the space of three months. It's bonkers. So happy about that. Let me tell you a quick story. A friend of mine, his father is a production designer who worked on Game of Thrones. Um, I asked him a bit about that because, um, you know, when the the Game of Thrones guys, Benioff and Weiss, were set to um, make Star Wars movies, I thought to myself... Ooh, people often, you know, once they find people they like, they will bring their crew along with them. That means that my friend's dad might be working on Star Wars next. So I asked and uh, he said, yes, actually, that is exactly what's happening. Um, And of course, they jumped ship or got pushed, whatever. And so I think he was no longer on it. So uh, we had Christmas together. Um, You know, last Christmas, we all had Christmas together. And I asked him a little bit about it. And he talked about that he was actually working on Rogue One. Uh, not Rogue One. Andor. And how uh, I think it was like it was not Tony Gilroy to start with that was the showrunner. It was like this guy, Stephen Schiff, I think, who was the showrunner for the Americans. And um, he, yeah, he talked about how the show actually – changed dramatically at some point that they really they kind of rethought the approach perhaps when the change from Stephen Schiff to Tony Gilroy happened um that's just conjecture um but it would make sense um and that it was a bit you know like my friend's dad is not like a massive Star Wars fan but he said that the work that had been done, the story that had been laid out, he thought was awesome and that it was like, like even him as a not not a huge Star Wars fan thought it was extremely cool. And uh, he th- said it was unfortunate that, that that version of it didn't go ahead. And hearing that, I got a little bit sad, I've got to admit, like, because... The concept of this show, from the beginning, as soon as I, as soon as it was announced, I was like excited about this. I was pumped for it, you know. Um, so to hear that from someone on the inside, it, it felt a bit like, 
Ah, oh, man. Like, I really felt like this was going to be something good, something really cool. Um, so, thank God. <laughs> now, we're watching, you know, the version that we got, and it's... This is by far my favorite Star Wars thing since The Rise of Skywalker. Which may sound funny to some people because a lot of people don't like that movie, but I love that movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, this has been my favorite thing since then. So yeah. All right. Great. Can't wait for more. Sadly, I have to move countries at some point here and it's really going to get in the way of me watching Andor and House of the Dragon and Rings of Power, which is actually really good, guys. I know it's not perfect, but it's fantastic. And if you let, you know, the slight weaknesses here or there distract you from what is a fucking awesome just experience, like, sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, I am moving to Australia three weeks from today. So um, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, let's see. I gotta buy a TV when I get there. I guess I will have to watch it on the laptop once or twice. Which ah man, I'm really, I'm really uh, picky about my uh, video presentation these days. Anyway, um, yeah, great and/or I love you. Now, what are we gonna do next? You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna say we're gonna play name that tune. All right, if you didn't know, this is the uh, bit of fun where we um, play a, a random track from a Star Wars movie, and we have to try to name that tune and uh, also just talk about it a bit. All right, so... Huh. This does not sound familiar yet. I'm never going to get... Okay, I'll take a look. Uh-huh. Well, this is from the solo soundtrack. This is L3 and Millennium Falcon. Great. I was um, I was listening to this uh, Star Wars, you know, mix today a bit. And um, I love that the, the, the solo soundtrack has such a sense of optimism to it. I think it's a fantastic soundtrack. Fantastic movie, fantastic soundtrack. Great stuff. All right, let's try another one. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> Iconic. Yes. Where's my non-special edition fans at? Is it goofy? Yes. Is it great? Also, yes. Yeah. Is it what is it called? Is it just called Yubnob? Ah. So the official title is Ewok Celebration and Finale. But come on. Like I can imagine like in retrospect it's like a bit uh, funny to go like is this how Star Wars finished you know but man I love it love it all right let's do another one. Ooh. Uh, okay I know this one but I just gotta listen for a second Is this something from Dagobah, maybe? But that's Leia's theme, right? So what scene is it actually from, exactly? I'm gonna cheat. Okay, it's just called The Princess Appears. Maybe this is from... Oh, but this is, you know, like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. 
Fantastic. Let's do one more. But this is also layer. This must be like uh, maybe like Han and Leia or something. All right, I'm gonna look. Yeah, this is called Han Solo. Okay, nailed it. Han Solo and the Princess. Great. I mean, listen to that. So good. Yeah, I mean, Mr. John Williams. Like, I am really, like, surprised that uh, I am so um, okay with um, and or taking a non-classic um, Star Wars approach musically. Um, as I've said before, like, I basically think, like, why mess with perfection? Just... Do John Williams-ish stuff, but slightly different. But um, no, this the music for this show feels so correct for it. And it's really unfortunate that the, the music for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show was so just forgettable for me. Like it felt so just standard. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. All right. Good fun. Uh, we, uh, and as I have said before, we're not going to play Name That sound effect or what's that sound because my star wars sound effects book is packed away ready to get shipped so we're going to go straight into our rewatch of the last jedi it's kind of fun i always forget where we're up to let's see where we are in the movie oh holy moly where's Straight into the heat. We've got, um, like, the throne room sequence is uh, halfway through. We've got, um, this uh, rebel troop carrier, whatever, heading towards crate. It's kind of frustrating. Like, I mean, I, I love the movie. Um, Like, I wish they just told Poe from the beginning, but, uh, you know. Uh, then the, that wouldn't have... Um, he would have lost a bunch of the movie, obviously. Yeah. But great to see Carrie Fisher. She's great in this movie. I think she's great in The Force Awakens and this. Look at this. Get it ready for some Holdo Maneuver action, people. This is pretty... I hate that line. Godspeed, Rebels. What? How did that make it through? Like, trying to... Why are they trying to make that a thing? Like, why is it in this movie twice? Ugh. Didn't like that. Look at this. This shot's bonkers. It's massive hangar. It's like the biggest hangar I've ever seen in Star Wars. Look at these troopers. I love First Order troopers. i got to say... Look at them. Look at Phasma. Look at the troopers. Look at that TIE fighter pilot. Here's Hux being the ultimate ginger winger. This was kind of cool because, like, it, you really thought it was going to be, oh, you know, DJ's going to be that, like, that uh, scoundrel with a heart of gold. But nah, he just straight up sold him out. Look at this. I mean, just visually, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Does someone want to give me a first order trooper outfit to just wear around? I wonder what, like, st stormtrooper armor is, is notoriously uncomfortable, apparently. Apparently, it pinches the shit out of people and it takes quite a lot of adjust adjustment and uh, work to get it to a point where it's wearable for any longer than five minutes <laughs> without totally freaking out all right we get this sequence where snoke's 
ship is firing on these uh, resistance transports. It's fucking sad, man. Oh, here we go. Oops, there goes the remote. Ah, oh, hang on, I just got to turn. I've got this, the subtitles on. I just got to turn them off. I don't want that stuff on the screen. I mean, this is kick ass, man. I love smoking it. Like, oh, this, uh, sorry, I'm like speechless. It's too cool. I mean, the set looks incredible. This thing where he's just playing with, like, with Ray. She, she there's nothing she can do. I love that they've got this big magnifying glass. It's this like that classic like retro Star Wars technology where it's like it's kind of like super advanced but super old school at the same time. Here we go. Ray with the cross guard lightsaber. Man. I can't wait to uh rewatch the whole saga again someday soon. Look at, but look at this, the look on Kylo's face where he's just like, he's, he just can see his, uh, his allegiance to Snoke just drip, just dropping away. And you can just see he's like, no, I have to, this is my, this is the moment. I have to stand up and say no to this crusty old bastard. Look at Snoke's face. Oh, that shot of like Kylo picking up. His saber. This is gold standard Star Wars here. I, I'm telling you. I know what I have to do. Listen to this. You think you can turn him? Pathetic child. It was so good. Like, I remember sitting in the cinema, just, I didn't know which way this was going to go at all. I really was like, then you, oh, you just see Kylo's hand and then you see that iconic Skywalker saber starting to turn. Look at his eyes. He's like, I'm doing it. Here it goes. Bam, the blue glow on Snoke's face. The Skywalker saber ignites. Shum straight through him. And raise hand to go up. That is a fucking Star Wars moment. Listen to that. And it's on. Ray and Kylo Ren versus the Praetorian Guards. Chaos. This is one of the most stylish, exciting, thrilling fights in the history of Star Wars. All these dickheads and I'm sorry dickheads is bad or something like it's ridiculous if you can't enjoy that then you can't enjoy anything sorry it's so good ah maybe look at that DJ back into it every little like micro moment of this is so just exciting look at that this like force whip thing I love the designs of those guards I love just how everything is like look at the sparks just flinging that sh flings that shit and now okay now everything's on fire everything's on fire <laughs> look at this guy with the daggers I just like Adam Driver just goes at this like a hundred and fifty billion percent. That Praetorian guard who falls down to that that like whatever that great thing is, and he just boom. You see him just like he just gets evaporated. It's crazy. Look at the sparks flying everywhere. The, I mean, this is incredible. 
can, right? You can do it. I love like people like will complain, oh, she's like too naturally good. And then like when she like uses a lightsaber less than like perfectly, they're like, oh, you, she, she's crap at lightsaber fighting. Like, which is it? Do you want her to be, is she too good at everything or too bad at everything? Wankers. There's that scene where like that dagger disappears. Yeah, that's not great. Sorry, of course, that's not a good piece. That's a that's a mistake. But no, like, what percentage of people would have noticed that if they hadn't watched that YouTube video of that of some guy complaining about it? Look at this. Just dead bodies, ash fallen, sparks. Her and Ray and Kylo are just drenched in sweat. You go like, this is it, Kylo's gonna join her. He's he's turned on Snoke. It's time for, they're gonna be together. It's gonna be amazing. Nah, wrong again, audience member. It's so good how it just like, you, you can never guess which way it's gonna go. So here it's just like, again, like, you think that he's, He's finally like done what he should do. Still Listen to it. I mean, I just love that you really think he's going to do the right thing and then he's like, no. I killed Snoke, but I want you to join me, us together to rule the galaxy. It's so good. Now, this is obviously in retrospect, like, is Kylo lying to her? Has he seen something that was a bit misleading? Does he, does he honestly think that, does he think he's telling the truth here? Obviously, it was the result of, like, things not being really planned out properly, and they changed it, <laughs> you know? But, um... This part, this moment here, his hand is out. He says, like, join me. And then, please. <sighs> All right. Man, what a great sequence. What a great sequence. Okay. that What a good bunch of Star Wars today. Andor, and then this, like, one of my favorite things in Star Wars ever, that throne room scene and that Praetorian guard fight. Awesome. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you're doing all right. Um, we'll be back next week for episode five of Andor. Um, as I said, House of the Dragon and Rings of Power both are kicking ass as well. So I hope you're enjoying those. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. My name is Tom Sutton, and this is Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. Hey!